Ja was drafted, you know, the second pick, some were saying, oh, well, that's the consolation after Zion. But I'll tell you what, if you visit that draft. <laughs> exactly. Zion's still struggling to get back out onto the court and wish him the best, but just keeps having setback after setback. are now telling all the players to stop, stop all this chatter. It's Tony Brothers who's telling them to uh, let's just play basketball. Hey, get your game day essentials straight to your inbox with our pregame email before every game. Right now, good afternoon, later, this your boy King Known Uncensored. <laughs> we gonna call this episode, Stop Talking Shit! <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Nah, man, I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah, this episode's going to be called, What Should Every Team Do at the Trade Deadline in 2022? Yes, this is an episode that is being reworked as... Many sequels for the future, obviously, but um, before we get into that, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. 
<laughs> but I know one thing. Y'all better stop talking shit. <laughs> oh, fakers, fakers, fakers. Man. So, the Los Angeles Lakers, man, is so fucking funny to watch. Y'all ever notice that when LeBron puts up all these gaudy stats, right? He put up half of his points, you know, when the game was still close. But then he puts his other half of the stats up when they're down 25 to 30 points. And the funniest shit, did y'all see Russell Westbrook break down during the fucking press conference? Russell Westbrook knows it's over for him in his career. Like, I told you on previous shows that Russell Westbrook is a person, a a washed-up superstar who refuses to accept that physically he is declining. Now, he's still a decent player in this time. He's no longer top 25. He's no longer top 30. And I'm starting to question whether he's even top 40, top 45 right now. Because he has been playing abysmal. And this game is no different. Two of 12 from the field, y'all. Six points. How y'all gonna take up for Russ this time, huh? You know, when, when Russ had his groove on, like... A month ago, I was like, okay, maybe this team can win a playoff series. But I don't think that's even going to happen. I still don't think that they're going to make the playoffs for real. I think they're going to make the play-in game and lose. Those are my thoughts. The LeBron at center experiment is working offensively, but failing defensively. Because LeBron and the rest of the Los Angeles Lakers do not care about playing defense. I mean, yes, they only lost by, you know, eight points last night, 127-119. But the funniest part about all this is when Russell Westbrook and LeBron James were benched last night, the bench came in and started killing. And so much so with maybe about, I don't know, a minute left, they tried to bring LeBron back into the game. But Memphis ended up closing out the game. Craziest part is, if someone would have told me John Morant shot 4 of 10 and had 16 points and the Lakers lost, I would have been like, you're fucking kidding me and smoking crack. But that wasn't even the biggest story of the night. The biggest story of the night was Desmond Bain. Bain! Desmond Bain gotten LeBron James ass <laughs> man listen Bane shot 9 of 14 on this dude 5 of 8 from 3 on this man but my question is LeBron why are you checking Desmond Bane aren't you supposed to be the center and uh, supposed to be checking uh, Jaron Jackson Jr who also had 21 points and 12 rebounds ain't no way around it LeBron James is one of the top five worst defensive players in the league. And the funny and the funniest shit in the world is it's probably two or three of the top five worst defenders in the league on this Lakers team.
that's what's crazy to me. I never seen so many open players in my lifespan. And that shit was just wild. And then like when Desmond Bain got an and one on LeBron, he he kind of bumped him a little bit and he started talking. And LeBron got supremely upset. He went down the court and dunked the next play, but didn't do shit like afterwards, but make shot after shot while Memphis was already up 20, 23, 24 points. You know, you know, the little stand boy fanboys would be like, but he was trying to keep them in the game. He was the only one that's showing up tonight. That may be true. That may be true. But um, Taylor Horton Tucker had 13 points on 5 of 10 shooting. That was another man that showed up last night. Austin Reeves showed up last night. He shot 6 of 8 from the field, had 16 points. Wayne Ellington showed up last night, LeBron. He had 16 points, 6 of 7 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3. Everybody want to play this fucking narrative that LeBron was the only one doing stuff for the Lakers. And that is completely false. The, uh, the bench of the Lakers brought them back into the game so that it wouldn't look embarrassing on paper. LeBron James did give them applause for their efforts last night. Meanwhile, he and Westbrook was stanking it up. Like five-day-old leftovers. But I have some solutions later on in this show that could possibly help the Los Angeles Lakers. But we'll speak on that later. Lance Stevenson is now officially signed to the Indiana Pacers for the rest of the season. You kind of knew that was going to happen. After that breakout game versus Brooklyn, y'all might as well. I mean, Lance is a fan favorite. They love him down there in Indiana. It's only a matter of time before you sign. Um, Boogie Cousins signed to the Denver Nuggets. This is a good look. I don't know if it's a 10-day contract or uh, for the rest of the season. Let's find out. Let's find the handy dandy, uh, handy dandy Google, just to clarify. Yep, it's a 10 day contract. In my personal opinion, I think Denver should keep him to add to their big man depth. That could only help them in the playoffs. That's if Jamal Murray returns to the lineup. Um, you know, in Detroit Piston news, you know, I was excited when we found out that uh Bow Bow went when I found out that Bow Bow is now a Detroit Piston. I'm excited about this one. Not because Bow Bow is gonna become an all-star. No. We don't have anybody that's seven feet tall on our team. Everybody's six eleven and under. Bobo 7-3. He can play multiple positions. He could play the two, the three, the four, and the five, and could be a point forward. So he could damn near play all five positions. My disappointment in the Denver Nuggets organization for not using this man when you have all these big men and don't put them to good use. What the fuck is the purpose of drafting Bo if he's not going to play? 
How is Ball going to get better if he's not going to play key minutes? So they basically traded Rodney Magruder in a second round pick for Bobo, which is great. I think that Bobo will become like a 12 point a game scorer here. Big, big giant help. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say about the Lakers. Um, I think it was 15 of their 21 wins have been against teams below 500. Stay woke. Um, Kyle Kuzma. My God. The Coos. You see, Los Angeles Fakers. You know you done fucked up, right? Y'all should have never let the Coos go. But here's another problem. Y'all should have let the Coos play his game. Now he's in Washington showing out. Everybody want to downplay Kyle Kuzma's numbers. Well, first of all, you big dummy. Kyle Kuzma numbers are still up. No matter if they went up one point or two points. Right? And then you have to also factor in the last three, what, three games? He's averaging like 26, 27 points. The man is balling. Y'all niggas need to get all that hate out your whore for the boy Kyle Kuzma. The man showed up and did what he was supposed to do. Twenty-seven points and twenty-two rebounds. I mean, and then also you have to factor in that Kuz is like the third or fourth option on this team. Probably the third option doing this. If he was the second option, oh man. He'd be averaging 20 a game, 20 and 10 easy. But, you know, this is what happens when you hold back certain players because you want to be in a particular system. And y'all always and y'all forget Kyle Kuzma was on that championship team that won the championship in 2020. No matter how much I try to downplay that championship, that's still a championship that Kuz was a part of. Clay Thompson. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Clay motherfucking Thompson came back and restored the order in the Western Conference as I think they're back on top of the West, if I'm not mistaken. As I watched the entirety of that game. And I was impressed by Clay Thompson as he went down the gut and dunked on three Cavaliers. I was like, oh, this man really back. Oh, you back back. Oh, you back back, Clay. Yeah, man. Clay Thompson had 17 points on 7 of 18 shooting. Not bad for the first game. 
Steph Curry, I know y'all haters has been quiet. He was 20 to 21. 4 of 11 from the field, 28 points. I know y'all haters was waiting. Because I had noticed that, you know, Steph had been off the last three games. And he I didn't know he was favoring an injury. Niggas be like, but if LeBron was favoring an injury, you wouldn't show him the same. Listen, I don't care about what LeBron shoot from the field. Unless it's got it's got to be like super terrible for me to even comment. But Golden State defeated Cleveland 96 to 82. I mean, it was a easy easy game for them. Especially with Clay back in the lineup. And even Draymond who was battling a thigh or a fucking calf injury checked in the game to honor Clay by starting alongside him. It was okay, but to the betters, they weren't happy at first until all the bets were voided. Now, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. How how deep I'm in it? Like 17 minutes? I bet. What should every team do at the trade deadline, and what trades are available to them? Atlanta. Let's start at Atlanta. The Atlanta Hawks, they're in a bit of a pickle because they're underperforming their expectations because I had Atlanta being a top three seed in the East. This was supposed to be the year that they were supposed to grow. And they were missing Trey Young earlier in the season, but that's really no excuse because he's been there half the time. So what I would do if I was Atlanta's GM... I would flip Danilo Gallinari and DeLon Wright to the uh, Charlotte Hornets for Gordon Hayward. Hayward would help them out tremendously. I mean, you're already trying to trade Cam Reddish. And he would insert himself right into that starting lineup with... um, And Gordon Hayward's underrated on the defensive end. So... You would have Trey, Hunter, Hayward, Collins, and Capella. That would be that would be a very good move for them. And then Sharif Cooper can and Jalen Johnson can get more clock. And then also, since Cam Reddish is the main topic of discussion, here are some trades for Reddish that could help Atlanta. Trading Cam Reddish to the Los Angeles Lakers for Avery Bradley. And Kent Bazemore. Cam Reddish could help uh, a Lakers team that lacks a lot of young, a lot of youth, spry athleticism, and good shooting. Now, Reddish is not the best defensive player in the world, but he'll put forth a defensive effort that the Lakers are looking for. Reddish is only, what, 22, 23 years old? The Lakers should really look into this. Or you could trade Cam Reddish to the Portland Trailblazers to help out Dame and CJ for Tony Snell, Mr. 000 to 0 real quick. Nasir Little in a second round pick. That would work out pretty good because, you know, Tony Snell wasn't an Atlanta Hawk for a minute. You give up a young player 
and Nasir Little, who is good. That could help Atlanta when they're playing against team. You know, Snell and Little can both play defense. And they could defend all the elite forwards in the Eastern Conference. And that second round pick would be the icing on the cake. I think this trade would go through for sure, for sure. And Reddish would help out Damon CJ tremendously. Or, hey, if you're looking to uh, <clears throat> add some value to your future, come to Death Row, a.k.a. the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they will be heavily involved in this trading shit, right? You would trade Cam Reddish for OKC first round pick. Pick your fucking poison. Cam Reddish would instantly help the lineup of Lou Dort, uh, Josh Giddy, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. That'd be another young player that could be involved in the Oklahoma City Thunder's future. Boston Celtics, I think they should just stand pat at the trade deadline. I know I'm hearing rumors that Brown or Tatum could be flipped, but I don't think that's a good idea unless you're getting a top 10 player in return. Boston's not going to take just anything for Tatum and Brown. You got to give them another star. I mean, <clears throat> shot in the dark could be maybe getting Anthony Davis. That's probably the only player that I can see Boston taking a chance on is Anthony Davis for one of, for Brown or Tatum. Because you know the Lakers would take any goddamn thing at this point. And Davis and Tatum and Brown's salaries do match. Just saying. But as far as I'm concerned, I think Boston should just stand pat and stick with the team they got. And get some chemistry. I think Boston will have a better second half of the NBA season. Brooklyn Nets. Um, honestly, bro, I would trade Joe Harris because he has been of no use this entire season and was of no use during the playoffs last year. I would trade Joe Harris to the Orlando Magic for Terrence Ross. Straight up. Terrence Ross can inst instantly help the Brooklyn Nets. He's a guard that can... I mean, he's a guard and a forward that can offer the versatility and the athleticism that the Brooklyn Nets are lacking. Then also, I would trade Blake Griffin and two second-round picks for either Nerlens Noel to the, to the uh, New York Knicks for Nerlens Noel or Mitchell Robinson because, I mean, Nerlens Noel hasn't been the best NBA player, but there's, you know, Noel is tall. He's 6'11". He can get you five, six fouls, block some shots. Mitchell Robinson, still young. He's injury prone, but flipping Griffin and a second-round pick or two second-round picks for Robinson, New York might take that because they don't necessarily – they're bringing him off the bench. They're not even starting him, and he's only, what, 22, 23 years old? He, he could be what Jared Allen 
is right now. He's got that potential. Brooklyn needs to make that move for a big man. And Noel and Robinson might be where it's at. I mean, and then New York could take Blake Griffin and do what thou wilt. Charlotte Hornets. I honestly think that um, Charlotte should stand pat because I don't think there's anything that could necessarily help them in the market currently. Unless Andre Drummond wants to leave um, the Sixers and doesn't want to be a backup anymore. You could trade Plumlee and another dude for, uh, well, actually, you could trade Plumlee for Drummond straight up. You know, I forgot Drummond doesn't make big money anymore. Thank God. That's good for the league. (laughs) But that's about all Charlotte can do here. Chicago. I mean, you don't need to make any big trades. You got a nice little rotation. I mean, the bench could be a little bit deeper. But I would make low-level trades. Like, I would trade Troy Brown Jr. to the New York Knicks for Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox would provide... A scoring punch off the bench. Or I would trade Troy Brown to the Dallas Mavericks for Willie Cauley-Stein. I mean, Cauley-Stein hasn't necessarily panned out to being an elite center in this league. But he can still provide you good minutes, good pick and rolls, and good five fouls. Cleveland should stand pat at the trade deadline. Honestly, they made their splash with getting Rajon Rondo for their playoff push. And I think Cleveland could be could pose as a problem to the, you know, up-and-coming teams in the Eastern Conference and could hold their own in a seven-game series. Dallas. I mean, initially, I thought Dallas should trade Kristaps Porzingis, but I think they're better off keeping him. Unless a superstar is involved. Now, what I think they should do is the only thing that they should do is try to participate in the Ben Simmons um, sweepstakes. I mean, the only way that the salaries would match is if they trade Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock and two first round picks for Ben Simmons. This is this is kind of along the lines of what Philly wants. I mean, Philly gains uh, uh I mean, Hardaway's not having the best season, but I think him being on a surefire contender could motivate um, him to be aggressive in Philly. I mean, he's technically better than Danny Green right now, who they're looking to trade. And me personally, I couldn't find out with a trade uh, a, a, a trade scenario that could work for Danny Green. I just think that Philly should just cut him. That's my thought. I'm just saying. Bullock and two first round picks and Hardaway for Ben Simmons. Because Luka has expressed interest in wanting to play with um, Simmons. I don't know why, because Luka wants to dominate the ball. Is Luka going to cut to the basket more? Or is, does Luka want more open shots? And honestly, I think 
the lineup of Simmons and Porzingis, you know what I'm saying, that length defensively is going to be pretty good if they actually work that out. Denver Nuggets. I think that, honestly, that the Denver Nuggets should really just stand pat. They have a really good team. I don't think that they're going to flip anybody. I think Murray and Porter are staying. I don't think there's anything that Denver, anything else Denver could do. I mean, they picked up Boogie Cousins, so that should work out just completely fine for them. Pistons. Now, Jeremy Grant is on the market. Now, the Lakers have expressed interest, but there is no deal on the table except Westbrook for Grant straight up. There's no deal. I mean, unless they're going to probably bring in Westbrook, but I don't think Detroit wants Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a train wreck. There is no team in the world right now that wants Russ at all. Not even us being one of the worst teams in the league. But however, if you want to get some value for Jeremy Grant, the only trade I see happening is Derek Favors, Darius Baisley, trading Grant to the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, the team that drafted him. Well, I guess, no, not the team that drafted him. Philly drafted him, my bad. But a team that gave him his first big paycheck, trading him back to the OKC Thunder to help out Gilgis Alexander, Giddy, and Dort. He would instantly be the starting power forward for the OKC Thunder. By trading him to the Thunder for Derek Favors, who can help out the Pistons' interior even more? Darius Baisley, who is a combo forward, who can, who's a pick-and-pop threat, who can play defense a little bit. And two first-round picks, because OKC got first-round picks out there, out the ass. We can get our first-round pick back from OKC that we traded. In, that, in one of those first round picks. Like, I mean, is Jeremy Grant worth two first round picks? Hell no. But does OKC have first round picks to spare? Absolutely. Every team that wants to expand their future should deal with OKC. Golden State Warriors should stand pat. They should not make any trades. They don't need anybody. I think they're perfect just the way they are, in my personal opinion. The Houston Rockets should also stand pat. I mean, you're a rebuilding team. I mean, unless Eric Gordon wants to join a, a championship contender, which I don't think he wants to. I don't think um, he wants to do that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they want to fucking do that. I don't think they want to do that, y'all. I don't think Gordon wants to go anywhere. Because he likes mentoring the young players in Houston. I don't know why, but whatever. Indiana should just tank and sell. I mean, they suck anyway. You're wasting DeMontis Sabonis' prime. You're not going to build a team around him. So you might as well just trade him for the best offer available. And we'll get into uh, Indiana talk and who should really deal directly with them. The Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, 
outside of maybe getting involved in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes, they don't have any fucking picks. So honestly, they should just stand pat and wait patiently for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to come back. Because they're slipping down the standings and creating a space for possibly the Los Angeles Lakers to creep in. Memphis, oh, Los Angeles Lakers, by the way, the fakers. Sell and trade DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, Kendrick Nunn, and Kent Bazemore. I did have Carmelo Anthony initially on this list, but I don't see the Los Angeles Lakers trading Carmelo Anthony. And I don't think Carmelo Anthony wants to be traded, even despite the foolery that's going on in Los Angeles. I don't see them trading Melo. But Melo could help out a lot of teams right now that's lacking in the scoring area. I mean, a return, I wouldn't rule out a return to Denver or New York. Just saying. But anyway, trading DeAndre Jordan, y'all don't play him anyway. Y'all played DeAndre Jordan into thinking he would have a big role in the team. And you saw that he was a shell of his former self. But I don't think, I think the Lakers are underutilizing him. Dwight Howard. I mean, why not? He barely even fucking plays. You saw what happened when they bought him out yesterday. The Lakers damn near got back in the game. Kendrick Nunn, he hasn't played at all this season. Kent Bazemore, he was a starter until he got benched. Like, this nigga's like a third string small forward now on this Lakers team, wasting away when he can help a playoff team with his defense, with his 3 and D style. I mean... Memphis Grizzlies, I think they should stand pat. Even though chasing after Brandon Ingram would be a great idea, but you would have to possibly give up your rotation for him, and I don't think it's worth it. The Miami Heat should definitely stand pat. They should just stick, you know, not make a move. The Milwaukee Bucks shouldn't really make a move, but I have a trade scenario for them momentarily that could help them out a little bit after the release of Boogie Cousins. Minnesota, I think they should stand pat. You know, even though I would see what I would what would could get for uh Carl Anthony Towns right now if I was Minnesota, but you know, they're more than likely gonna stand pat. Um New Orleans, I think they should stick with the team that they got. Non-applicable, I say no. No bueno. I mean, I think you should just wait on Zion to come back and then see what you could trade for maybe next year. I'd wait till Zion's 100%. And then I'd just tank, to be honest. I would tank for to try to get the number one overall pick. More than likely, uh, the Pelicans are going to hit the, 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 uh, the lottery. New York Knicks. This is a team that should try to... Uh, shoot their shot for a number one option or somebody that can score because Derrick Rose is still out and basically off that bench you really don't have nobody that can score for real for real but what I would do is I'd shoot my shot at Indiana because Indiana is a seller on the market and I would get Julius Randle a legit number one option because Randle 
is a good player, but he isn't a number one option in today's basketball. He's a number two. And what I would do is I would trade Evan Fournier, Kevin Knox, and a number one first round pick for Torrey Craig and Devontis Sabonis. I was about to say Arvidas. Torrey Craig is a Tom Thibodeau type player. You know, a dude that is defensive first. Tom Thibodeau would love Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig just wasting time in Indiana. He can help so many contending teams. You know, he won a championship last year because he was on the Bucks team during training camp and the first half of the season. So they gave him a ring, even though he was on the Phoenix Suns in the finals. That's got to be the first time in history that's happened. But yes, I would have DeMontis Sabonis and Julius Randle together in New York. That would be huge for them. This would put the Knicks in playoff contention, even though they're just they're in the playing game right now, currently as we speak. Or I would trade Fournier and Knox in a number one pick for Karis LeVert and Torrey Craig. Because Fournier is hot and cold. Kevin Knox ain't getting the clock that he deserves. He's only 23 years old. The kid deserves to play. And he would have a breakout year in Indiana. Playing alongside Malcolm Brogdon, which, you know, he can't get traded. Like, Indiana's mortgaging pretty much their whole team but Malcolm Brogdon. Oklahoma City Thunder. You have all the pieces on the chessboard to build around Shea Gilgis Alexander. And there are multiple trades that I would suggest OKC do to help their roster. Because Oklahoma City in two, three years is going to be a playoff contender. You watch. Just watch. Don't believe me. Just watch, nigga, nigga, nigga. Wow, we're 38 minutes in. We on fire right now. All right, so three-team trade, right? OKC should pull a three-team trade. Oklahoma City receives Kent Bazemore and Kendrick Nunn from the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. OKC would add some depth to that team. Another 3 and D guy and a backup point guard who is destined to break out once he is healed up from injury. The Los Angeles Lakers receive Derek Favors, Semi Olege, a first round pick, a first and a second round 2022 pick. You see, the Lakers have no first round picks. In order to have a future in this game, You need a first-round pick and a second-round pick, too, for next year to build around. I understand that LeBron James wants to win now and shit like that, but you're not going to win shit this year. It's over. The Los Angeles Lakers should not think about LeBron James and Anthony Davis anymore. They should think about their future. And them getting a first and a 2022 pick would help 
And then Simi Olajay can do the same thing that Stanley Johnson is doing right now. But I think Stanley is better than Simi Olajay. No disrespect to Olajay because I hate Stan. But I got to give, I got to keep it a buck. Simi Olajay can help them defensively. And Derek Favors is another big man that has scoring versatility that can hit a mid-range jump shot and an occasional three and can work out the post. And he's better than DeAndre Jordan right now. The Milwaukee Bucks would in this three-team deal would receive Dwight Howard. Wouldn't it be great to have Brooke Lopez and Dwight Howard on the team? That would be fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. That would be a big pickup for Milwaukee and would put them technically in the driver's seat to repeat. Because I tried DeAndre Jordan in his trade and it did not work for various reasons, even though despite Dwight Howard is making more money, I mean, making the same amount of money as DeAndre Jordan. And then Oklahoma City should try to get into Ben Simmons' sweepstakes. I know they got Josh Giddy already, but Simmons could play that four position for them. That's why I think they should trade Darius Baisley and three first-round picks for Ben Simmons. OKC could give Philly what they want for Simmons. Then you get Darius Baisley in, in Philly. Meanwhile, you get three first-round, future first-round picks for your future in order to build a, continuously build around Joel Embiid. Orlando Magic. They need to be sellers to help championship contenders or playoff contenders, I should say. They should start by trading Robin Lopez to the Brooklyn Nets for Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown. How does this help the Orlando Magic? I mean, Blake Griffin's a veteran presence, but more than likely, Blake Griffin is going to get bought out and go to a team that actually needs him. To be, to be honest with you, Blake Griffin should go back to the Clippers. That would be a good look. And go back to the team that drafted him. It will probably give this man some sort of motivation because I've been saying that Blake Griffin should retire anyway. And that would be a great place for him to retire on the Los Angeles Clippers. Bruce Brown would help the Orlando Magic because their guards do not play no defense. Jalen Suggs don't play no defense. Cole Anthony don't play no defense. Terrence Ross don't play no defense. So Bruce Brown would instantly help the Orlando Magic defensively. And then Robin Lopez going to Brooklyn would be huge. Because Robin Lopez got some offensive skills and he can play a little bit of defense. He's not a shot blocker, but he can block a shot. And he's a better defensive option than anybody on that goddamn team. The Magic can also trade Gary Harris and Jonathan Isaac to the Philadelphia and a number one pick to the Philadelphia 76ers for Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris would be 
reunited with the team that drafted him. It would make a lot of sense. Indiana can take on that big-ass contract that Philly made a mistake and gave Tobias Harris. Harris has been up and down this season, and getting rid of that contract would help. Meanwhile, getting some front court depth and Jonathan Isaac, who was an eraser on the defensive end. So you're going to have Embiid and Isaac erasing shots. Meanwhile, more shots would go to Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, and, you know, Matisse Thibel. And it gives Philadelphia a little bit more defense that Doc Rivers would require. And then Gary Harris could stretch the floor and could easily maybe come off that bench or even insert himself into that starting lineup. And then, of course, Seth Curry. Can't forget about him. Now, Harris has been injury prone, but that's the risk you take for coming up off a $36 million contract and you receive a number one overall pick from the Magic. Or the Magic could trade um, Gary Harris for Davis Bertrands and KFC in order for uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope to be bought out by the Magic to join a playoff contender. I mean, honestly, bro, I mean, he could go back to the Los Angeles Lakers. In my personal opinion, or he could help Denver. Uh, Catavius Caldwell Pope could help a lot of teams out here. And Gary Harris could step in and help Bradley Beal. All right. Now, the Magic should... Or you could do a straight-up trade with the Washington Wizards trading Jonathan Isaac for Davis Bertrand. Davis Bertrand. His, his name is Davis, but I call him Davis. To add defensive versatility to their front court. Because, I mean, Kuzma's great. Off the, I don't know if he starts or is he off the bench now. But Isaac can help defensively because the Wizards don't really have, outside of Daniel Gafford, they don't have really no defense. And Trez is an undersized type of cat. So this straight-up trade would instantly help Washington. Philadelphia. Oh, man, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things that Philly can do. Philly has assets. Philly has picks. Philly's got players. Let's see how what we can do to help the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the only trade that the Lakers could successfully successfully pull off for a Ben Simmons is Anthony Davis for Ben Simmons straight up. I'm pretty sure Philly's going to get greedy and want more, but no, you shouldn't. Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid would be the best front court in the league. Anthony Davis don't want to bang in the paint anyway. He wants to be a guard. He wants to be a prissy-ass, pussy-ass guard, right? He wants to be a, a, a ballet dancer, right? When I was pushing weight back in 88, Anthony Davis was a ballerina. I got the pictures. I seen you. Right? Right. AD wants to be on the perimeter and shoot threes and shit. That would be perfect. 
And then on the defensive end, who going to drive to the hole with AD? I mean, AD is soft, but come on. You're not going to get past AD and Embiid. That would be the best front court in the league, hands down. AD is still a 24 and 10 guy, despite my claims of him being soft and being weak and being pussy and not being top 10 in the league anymore. Him going to the Sixers would be a fresh start for him. And then, you know, you could maybe take the risk of injury, but whatever. Y'all got help. And Ben Simmons could instantly help the Lakers with their defense because, my goodness, their defense is atrocious. Ben Simmons would get up and check somebody. He's just offensively disabled. Um, Philly, oh, I forgot. I did have a deal for Danny Green. I would trade Danny Green to the Orlando Magic for Terrence Ross. Straight up, no chaser. For Danny Green to be bought out and for him to help a contending team. Which I don't know what that is because Danny Green ain't been shit this year. I think Danny Green should really just retire, in my opinion. Or he could go up Kawhi Leonard's ass once again for another championship and join the Los Angeles Clippers. Me, personally, I would trade Shake Milton to the Los Angeles Lakers for Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore can help Philadelphia out. Matisse, that way, Matisse Thibel don't have to check everybody. And Bazemore could offer some help for um, Matisse Thibel with that 3 and D game. And I know Bazemore would be happy to get the fuck out of L.A. And if you want to hit a home run, Philly... Here's another option for you. Damn, I've been going 50 minutes. Shit. All right. This is good. I told y'all this is going to be a long show. This could be an hour. All right. If you want to hit a home run at the trade deadline, you should flip Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons to the Sacramento Kings for Buddy Hill. De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley III, Tyrese Halliburton, and a first-round pick. This looks like a deal that Sacramento would take in a heartbeat. They should take in a heartbeat. Because now, you're starting fresh with Ben Simmons, who is probably going to be the star player of this team. Then you got Tobias Harris, a very versatile scorer, to go along with Harrison Barnes. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even know. Like, it was Sean Holmes and Tristan Thompson and guys like that. I mean, they could help for a fresh start in Sacramento. I mean, they already suck. So they're probably going to get another first-round pick. But I think that if they're trying to hit a home run, and then not to mention, this would help Philly tremendously. You got the shooting of Buddy Hill. You got a star in De'Aaron Fox. I mean, Maxi would probably start alongside Fox. That would be a hell of a guard. That'd be a hell of a front court. That meanwhile, Seth Curry could move to the bench. You know what I'm saying? Buddy Hill could come off the bench. Marvin Bagley possibly would start. Maybe. 
Yeah, Marvin Bagley would have to start at the four, which is fine. And then Tyrese Halliburton, more guard play? Shit. Philly could play small ball. They could play big bully ball with Embiid in a four-guard set. It's a lot of versatility you could do with that. Philly would be the deepest team in the league, though. It would be Fox, maybe uh, Maxi, Bagley, Embiid, and maybe Seth. They could run a small ball lineup here with the team that they got. on that Philly roster. Oh yeah, Matisse Steibel could start at three. I forgot about him. And uh, Fortnite Kirk Moss. I forgot about George's Niang, Gorgeous Niang too. That's possible options here. I don't know. I would start Bagley though. That's just me. Yeah, it would be um, Fox. Um... Fox, Maxi, Thibel, Bagley, Embiid. And then their bench would be crazy with Shake Milton, Buddy Hill, Tyrese Halliburton, Gorgas Niang, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. Shit, Philly would be in that conversation for the playoffs. I don't know about championship, but they'd be a lot younger and a lot better if they let go of Harris and Simmons. And would be a great future for Embiid. Now, Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns should stand packed. The Phoenix Suns should stand packed at the trade deadline. I don't think there's anything that they need to necessarily add to that team. Their team is complete. The Portland Trailblazers should try to tank or bring in a third star. Because Dame and CJ are both injured for most of this season. And I don't think that Dame and CJ should waste their time rushing back to try to make the playoffs in an already crowded Western Conference. Even though lucky for them, the Clippers are not doing as well as they th thought they were. And the Lakers have a tough schedule. So maybe, just maybe, they could survive in these playoff streets. You only got two options. Tank the rest of the season or bring in a third superstar. Now here are some trade scenarios that can help them out. Because I spent, I was up all night doing this shit. So y'all motherfuckers better listen to this shit. If you... Have, if you are a beautiful NBA mind such as myself, Portland should trade Robert Covington, Joseph Nurkic, Larry Nance, and two first-round picks to the Indiana Pacers for Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. This would help 
Damon CJ tremendously on the defensive end, and you got a versatile four and Sabonis, who is a walking 20 and 10. This could help Dame finally possibly get back to the second round of the playoffs and maybe the, the Western Conference Finals. Now, I know that may be a reach and maybe, but you still, but the crazy part is they still have Anthony Simons coming off the bench. He is going to be an elite six man for the Portland Trailblazers. Or Simons could leave Portland and cash out elsewhere. But I don't suggest that Portland trades Anthony Simons. They should keep him for real because he can provide a lot of weight off of Dame and CJ. Now you got another guy who can isolate and score. Now, if you want something light, if you want to do something kind of light, I would trade Robert Covington and maybe a second or a first. Not both, no. Just a second or a first for TJ Warren. TJ Warren could definitely help the uh, Portland Trailblazers with his scoring and his defensive versatility. Now, you know, Warren has been battling injuries the last couple of seasons. But we talking about for when Warren is finally healthy and back in the lineup, he could instantly provide a defensive punch. Covington has been inconsistent with his jumper this year. Warren is a consistent mid-range and sometimes reliable three-point shooter. And I think Portland should heavily consider going after TJ Warren. Or if you really want to gamble for real, if you are a gambler such as myself, shout out to FanDuel, I would trade Robert Covington, Joseph Nurkic, Larry Nance, and Nasir Little and two first-round picks for Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I don't think that Minnesota would take this, but Minnesota should consider it. Because Covington, again, great defense. 3 and D guy. He's been passed around the league like a blunt. But he could find a home in Minnesota, and he does fit that system here. I mean, you already got D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. All they need is pieces around them. And Covington could possibly start. Joseph Nurkic could instantly slide to that five spot on that team. Covington could probably play his natural position, which is the three. Then Larry Nance could get into that starting lineup as well, and along with Nurkic. Nurkic, you know, if healthy, is still a good 16 and, and 12 who could shoot the three. And his defense comes and goes, of course. Then you get a young player and Nasir Little to go with Jordan Nowell on that bench. Now you're adding depth to your team. Even though, yes, you're giving up your best player, but you're getting two future first-round picks and four players that can instantly help your rotation and get you to your first playoff berth in a couple of years.
All right, now, however, oh, who is it? But yeah, I mean, if Portland gets Carl Anthony Towns, man, it will be some supremacy in the West for sure. I mean, Dame CJ, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Simons, that'd be a low-key big four right there. Then all they would have to do is sign multiple veterans to mid-level exceptions. And they could contend. Not necessarily win the championship. I honestly don't expect Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum to win championships. And unfortunate news out of Portland, you know what I'm saying. Dame is going to be out at least the next five or six games. And somebody from Bleacher Report said that, even though Bleacher Report, I don't like them niggas, somebody did say that this could be Dame's last game of the season. I would honestly hope not, but at the same time, I think it would, it would be for the best if Dame actually let that abdominal strain heal. Because LeBron was suffering from that same injury. He actually sat out the amount of games and let that motherfucker heal. So I think that Portland should definitely let go of this season and try to tank for the best big man coming out of college. Now let's move on to the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings have a lot of options. I mean, Sacramento sucks. I mean, they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And I'm pretty sure De'Aaron Fox doesn't want to rot on a shitty team. I already gave up a trade that could possibly get De'Aaron Fox to the Philadelphia 76ers. But here are some other trades that Sacramento should consider. Trade Buddy Hield and Marvin Bagley to the Washington Wizards for Davis Bertrands, KFC, and Diddy Avija. Now, you get a versatile shooter in Bertrands to help out, you know what I'm saying, De'Aaron Fox. You get Caldwell Pope, who probably going to be, uh, you know, bought out. And you get a young player for the future in Denny to help out Fox and Halliburton. Then you get a versatile big man to go with the millions of big men they got to help out Barnes as well. So, Or you could trade Buddy Hill to the Denver Nuggets for Will Barton and Monte Morris. This adds depth to the Sacramento Kings even though they got a hundred guards already fuck it go all out or you could I mean yeah that's what I'm saying like I'm pretty sure Will Barton will, will get some more clock that he's getting in Denver then you add Buddy Heal to a team that definitely needs a surefire three-point shooter in Denver he'd be the perfect teammate to go with Nikola Jokic Or you could trade Tristan Thompson and Marvin Bagley to the Brooklyn Nets for Joe Harris and Bruce Brown. 
Now, more than likely, Joe Harris could is not going to probably stay in Sacramento. He's probably going to want a uh, buyout and help a championship contender. If, could you imagine Joe Harris going to the Bulls? That would be the icing on the cake. Then that way, Harris won't have to be depended on to shoot so much. Like he was on the Brooklyn Nets. And then, you know, Bruce Brown probably going to stay on Sacramento. Now, how Bagley Bagley could help the Brooklyn Nets. They don't, I mean, they could have add some more height. Tristan Thompson's not necessarily a shot blocker, but he could still get you decent minutes. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, they suck ass. They should just tank. There's no, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that they should do anything at the deadline. The Toronto Raptors, their team is good just the way that they are. They're actually playoff bound this year. They're currently like seventh in the East right now. They're playing well. I don't think they should make a move at all. The Utah Jazz should not make a move right now, even with the injury to uh, Donovan Mitchell. I don't think Utah should make any moves. I think they should stay, stay, stand pat. Washington Wizards, number one thing to do is to trade Davis Bertrands. I, like, you've noticed that a lot of these trade scenarios that I have have um, Bertrands in it. Because they should trade him. They gave him way too much money to underperform. That's the number one thing. Now, you can hop into the Ben Simmons sweepstakes and help the Philadelphia 76ers out by trading. <clears throat> now, this is going to hurt, but you're bringing in Ben Simmons to help out Bradley Beal. Simmons doesn't have to necessarily score. Um, now Trey Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertrands, Rui Hashimura, and a number one pick for Ben Simmons. Now, I know that's a lot because of Simmons' limits on the offensive end, but what do you guys really have to lose? You guys have been on a downward spiral. Like, Washington at the beginning of the season was a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. Now they're out of the playoffs. Now they're playing bound. What do you got to lose? I mean, y'all not doing shit anyway. And Ben Simmons would help y'all on the defensive end. You have Simmons and Gafford. You got Simmons for the perimeter. And you got Gafford for the inside. And then you still keep Trez, you keep Kuz, you keep um, you keep Denny in this deal. Like your team would get on, would only get better by getting some of the clutter out. No disrespect to Denwitty, he's had a hell of a season, but you help, you got to help the Sixers out in some way, and not give up two first round picks because Denwitty 
Whoo, him and fucking Maxi would be crazy. Davis Bertrands, he'd be useful off the bench, and then Rui Hashimura can give the Sixers good minutes. Now, if you want to shoot your shot for real for uh, the Wizards, and if you want to go big and bet big and return big, you trade KFC. Washington should trade KFC, Montrez Harrell, Thomas Bryant, Denny Avija, and Davis Bertrands for Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, and Karis LeVert. Now, this gives... This gives Bradley Beal all the help he deserves. You mean to tell me, then you got Gafford coming off the bench now. So the lineup would be, um, you know, I mean, obviously Neto would have to start. Because Karras, I mean, he could play point, but he's better off at the as, as a three or as a one. It would probably be Neto, Beal, Levert, Turner, and Sabonis. That's a good starting five. Or you could move Kuz back to his natural position and then just run Karras at one for Karras, Beal, Kuz, Sabonis, and Turner. You could do it like that. I mean, Bryant's been hurt. Denny is only being traded for value purposes. Bertrands is a bad contract. Harrell is value. Uh, Caldwell Pope will probably get bought out. But you add versatility on both ends of the court for Washington. And they will only improve with this deal. I think this is the best deal that Washington should go ahead and do. Because you still got Kuzma. You get to keep him. Then you add... Guys that are capable, you know, you got Sabonis, who's a 20 and 10. Karras, who could probably get you 16, 17 a game. But that is my show. This is this was longer than I uh, actually thought it was going to be. But, um, yeah, this is King Known Uncensored. What every, what, should ev- what every team should do at the, trade de- at the NBA trade deadline for 2022. And I'm out.